right, well, welcome to Talk with Christians. Uh, we have some great guys today, and uh, I want to go and start off by having them introduce themselves. So, Ben, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, who you are, where you're from, and something you're doing for the kingdom. All right, I'm Ben Grady. I'm from South Haven, Mississippi, but I'm currently in Calgary, um, in Alberta, Canada, because my wife is up here, I moved up here to be with her. And so I'm working here with the church up here, the congregation of the Lord's Church. And I'm also doing, I have a group on Facebook, Warriors of the Cross, where we share Bible content daily and um, try to edify and teach and reach out to the world and lost. So awesome. That's, doing. that's cool, man. Warriors of the Cross, right? Facebook. That's right. That's what it is. All right. Justin, I got you right when you sneezed, man. Gotcha. <laughs> Um, my name is Justin Robertson. I'm one of the two evangelists for the Danville Road Church of Christ in Decatur, Alabama. Um, I work here on a full-time basis, but I'm also an instructor uh, in the, edu- in the uh, Department of Education part-time at Athens State University. Um, been married to love of my life for almost 13 years. Got three kids, age six and under. Um, made a couple of preaching trips to the Czech Republic and to Europe. Um, also lead a college ministry at Calhoun Community College, which is the largest community college in the state of Alabama. And I'm really looking forward to our study tonight. Thanks for the invite. Awesome. Yeah, that's got a lot, a lot of college kids there then, huh? <laughs> that's cool. Matt, you're up. Hi, my name is Matt McDougall. I am a student at the Southeast Institute of Biblical Studies. I'm studying the Bible. Should graduate here in about a week. Um, I'm an evangelist. I try to reach out to people and open up spiritual conversations. And I'm uh, I'm fixing to get married in a couple weeks, fixing to move back to West Kentucky from Knoxville and um, start my life, start to try to uh, find a position where I can help people and minister to them. That's awesome. All right. We got some great guys here. So we're going to talk about the armor of God today. I always love this one because armor is such a thing that people know about from knights, you know, in the medieval times. So it has a really neat, uh, neat feel to it. And in the picture we show in the image, it's like a, the shoulder of a suit of armor. So in the Bible, we have Ephesians uh, 6, 11 through 18. So we're going to, I'll read through that real quick, and then we can start talking about it. And um, I don't know if anybody knows, but there, this, this, this covers a lot of good things. And if you haven't read the Bible before, um, or you're kind of feel like you're being attacked, like a lot of people do. I know I have before, and you just don't know where those attacks are coming from, and you want to know how to defend. Here's a something to think about. So we have Ephesians six. Uh, it's in starts in verse eleven through eighteen, and I'm going to read it here. It says, "Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil." And I learned the wiles are like tactics, the scheming. So wiles of the devil or schemes. Mm-hmm. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. So the armor helps us stand. Stand, therefore, having your your loins girt about with truth. I learned this uh, because I gave a lesson. Oh, by the way, I'm Titus Blair. I haven't introduced myself. I should do it real quick. And I'm evangelist in uh, New Zealand, <laughs> and uh, this hey, name you go into this, yeah. Hey, and, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, and uh, the the reason I thought of that is because I had a lesson that I did uh, a couple weekends ago, 
And I was wondering what in the world gird up your loins was. And I found out that, you know, they would wear, <laughs> you know, like tunics are kind of down to your knees or down to your ankles. And before you could go into a battle, obviously you can't run and, and move fast with a, a tunic down to your ankle. So they would grab it. They'd pull it between their legs, kind of pull it back, pull it around and tie it in front. And that way their legs would be up. And it was like a pair of shorts. So this is saying like gird up, which means get ready for battle, get ready to run. So there's a quick deviation from the whole thing. But uh, so it says gird up, having your loins girt up with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So that's a quite a bit of stuff there. But um, I mean, we could either go through right now and each person could take a part of the armor if you're interested and uh, talk about maybe that specific thing. Or you could talk about um, like we're, right now at the beginning, it says take the whole armor. So what do you think, uh, Ben? How about you go first this this time and tell us, is there a particular piece of armor that you like? And I, unfortunately, guys, if we take one of yours, you can either talk about it again or add something else up to you. So, Ben, you're up. Which piece do you like, Ben? Uh, I'm going to guess. I'm thinking the sword. <laughs> well, that's everybody's favorite. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I like swords. Uh, I like the armor, too, though. I don't, I don't know. It's It's a hard... It's a hard uh, decision, I think, um, because they're also important to us as a Christian, as a soldier. You know, you can't go out un, you know, unprotected. Under, you know, and I think it's uh, about being prepared. It's got you know defense. It's got offense. You know, because when you're in that offensive state, you're going to be uh, taking on all sorts of things. You know, depending on what kind of battle you're in. So, I don't know. You think about like Achilles, and you know his ankles weren't protected. So, you know. <laughs> He had that Achilles heel, yeah. so he was he's vulnerable, had a vulnerable spot, right. you know, mm -hmm. or, you know, maybe like, I, I don't know, I'm a huge, uh, <clears throat> this kind of thing. So like, I think about Troy, when they throw in the big, you know, spears that, you know, <laughs> like amazing throws and you're like, wow, you know, if he didn't have that shield, you know, what we do, you know, so, or the yeah. arrows coming at you. So the shield's pretty yeah. important. I don't know. It's hard to pick one for me. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, I think that this, the sword would probably be this to go to out of, out of coolness, but but um, we have to take on the spirit. We have to take the um, take on the word, and then and and instill that in our hearts, and be prepared to give an answer. And I think like Jesus, you know, whenever Satan tempts him, and uh, he comes back with a verse, another scripture. Well, the scripture says this. The scripture says this. He got it all in his mind, so he's ready to defend, you know, and then attack uh, at whatever Satan throws at him. Um, well, yeah, the sword, off. sword is both an offensive and a defensive weapon, isn't it? Absolutely. Right, yeah. yeah. It pierces mm -hmm. the heart and, you know. So it, it's it's definitely dual-edged, you know, in the sense that, you know, in a spiritual sense. So that's awesome. can push others away and then can, you know, bring them closer to you. So Yeah. yeah. So you like the sword, man. Sword's a good one. Yeah, weapon. yeah. But you're right. The whole armor, obviously, is important. You know? <clears throat> uh, yeah. But if you, if you guys have one you like to talk about, you think it's kind of cool. So the sword is the, um, uh, what does it say? The sword is what? The spirit, which is the word of God, right? So that's what Ben's mm -hmm. talked about, the sword, word of God. Um, um, how about, who wants to go next, Justin or Matt? 
I can I go next just because yeah. I, I'm kind of cheating here. I preached on this a few months ago. Uh, <clears throat> so my, my favorite is the breastplate of righteousness. Um, the reason is when I looked this up, uh, the Greek word, and I'm terrible with Greek, so bear with me, but it's it's cardiophilix, which means it's oh, it's wow. the heart protector. Oh, right. And, and and so what's really cool about it, you know, the proverb writer says out of out of the heart flow the issues of life. And so it's it's like our last protection against the flaming darts of Satan. Uh, when it pierces our shield of faith, we can fall back on our righteousness, not our righteousness, but God's righteousness living in us. Um, and so, yeah, that 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 really helps me a lot, because I think that like the rest of you guys, we deal with all kinds of temptations and just knowing that if we if we understand God's grace and act by faith and live by those righteous things that we can, we may not be perfect, but we can persevere even when our faith is lacking. So that's why it's my favorite. I've got a question about that. Um, just a, just a thought, you know, um, when you look at body armor, you know, the, the common soldiers might have the leather, the next up, they might have the, the chain link, you know, the chain mail, and then you have the full metal plate, you know, so maybe we have different levels of what we can put on, you know, as we grow and mature spiritually. You know, I don't know. It's just thought. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Uh, the, re, the And I think that's perfect because, you know, as a Christian, you don't just automatically put on righteousness perfectly. Right. It's a lifelong thing. And, and to me, I love that analogy of your of your breastplate getting stronger. You know, I, I'm kind of a nerd. So I like the Lord of the Rings. I think about um, the armor that was used by Frodo. It's the hardest stuff you can possibly get, you know, and it's it's worth the price of the shower. So. Through our faith, or through the years, our faith grows stronger and stronger, and our righteousness becomes more and more perfected, if you will, or mature. And and that's a very comforting thought. Well, I know Frodo personally because he's here in New Zealand, so he showed me that arm. That's <laughs> kidding. <laughs> it was filmed there, wasn't it? Yeah. There's no nerds don't like Lord of the Rings. Everyone likes Lord of the Rings. Come on. Yeah, and they're crazy if they don't. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, what do you got? Thanks, Justin. That's good stuff, man. I appreciate what you were saying earlier, Titus, about the uh, girding up your loin and being prepared to uh, to work. I appreciate that part um, of the armor. And I remember Jesus uh, girded up his loins. He tied up his cloth to wash the disciples' feet. So it was yeah. a position of servitude, um, getting ready to serve. You know, you need to be prepared to move and maneuver around to uh, to help people, to serve people. I appreciate that part of the armor. Um, I, I don't know if I hold that higher than the other parts. Right. Probably the position, uh, the piece that I hold higher than any of these listed is the fitting room. Where do you put the armor on at? Yeah. Uh, verse 10, he says, finally, be strong you know, in the Lord and put on the strength of his mind. So you got to have a place to put that armor on. That's probably my favorite part of the uh, the armor of God is the position, the place that you go to put it on and right prepare on. for that battle that we have. Yeah, you're, you're thinking outside the box, outside the verse here. That's <laughs> good. It's good. Oh. <laughs> no, it's good. Yeah, because I love the Bible because, like you said, I didn't put 10 in there, but it all goes together. I, I would encourage anybody who is watching this to read all of Ephesians 6. I mean, read the whole uh, the, the Gospels at least, but read Ephesians 6, read Ephesians. It doesn't take that long. Um, it has a lot of good stuff in there. But so you're, you're saying, Matt, like, you know, 
even before you're putting this on, you're going to get ready. You got to be, you're not going to put the armor on, right? If you're afraid of the battle, you're not even going to put it on. So. You're not going to try, if you go to Kohl's or Goodies or Walmart, you're, you're probably not going to change clothes in the public. You're probably going to go to that special area they have <laughs> for you to put that on. And Christ and God has um, p- prepared us a place, a fitting room, a position to arm us, to to strap that breastplate against your chest and protect your heart, to to help you gird your loins to go out and serve others. He's, uh, yeah. he's, he's put those sandals on your feet. And he's throwing a sword out there to you. Pick it up. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and Justin, thanks, Matt. The, the Justin, also, I did a lesson, so I'm cheating probably too. Although we don't cheat, we're just uh, prepared, I guess. Um, I looked at the flow, right? So Matt brought up a good point. Before you even put the armor on, you got you're ready to put it on. You got to be prepared to put it on. Uh, but then you put it on, and look at the order that it's, it says it. It says first you gird up your loins. Like you got to be ready to run. Got to be ready to go. And then what do you put on? The next part, it says we got to put on the breastplate. So you put that on. That's something you wear. It's kind of attached to your body. And then after the breastplate, you get your feet. You got to get sandals because you don't know what type of environment you're going to be going into, right? It could be rough, rocky, dangerous. So these are the things you put on. And then there's things you carry with you. Because he says, and above all, there's the shield. So you grab the shield. And I thought it was interesting because the shield you can put down. You have to hold it. If you don't hold your faith, you can't be protected against the arrows. So you got to hold it. Actually, you got to carry it. It's not something that's attached to your body or your feet. You know, it's mm-hmm. not going to go with you. You got to pick it up. You got to hold it. <clears throat> same, for the, same it says also, um, take the helmet of salvation. Helmet you don't wear all the time. You don't wear it when you're not in battle because it's because, it, you know, sometimes you can't see. It, it's hard to breathe in there or whatever. So you, you put that helmet on in the speed of the battle. And then finally, you get the sword. So these are things you carry. You can let down that word of God. You can let down that faith. You can let down the salvation and say, you know what? I don't need this helmet. I'm going to put it aside. You can put those. The breastplate's still on you. The sandals are still on you. You're, you know, you're, you're all ready to run. But you put those things down. So for me, I think I, like, yeah, I think I like the shield the best. Sorry to do a long flow there. But it's like this order. And you had mentioned, Matt, which is great. Before you even put it on, you're prepared with the might and strength of God to do it. And um, so... For me, the shield is my favorite just because it says uh, you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. So it's not just dark. Mm. They're fiery. They're not just like an arrow, but they're actually on fire. And, it, and the shield puts out the fire because, you know, a lot of us get hit by an arrow, uh, like an arrow that's on fire. It starts to burn and slowly burns. You know, it takes it can catch you on fire. But it says the shield of faith puts that arrow out, hits it. Boom, it's gone. Yeah, a plurality of darts, not just yeah. one, but uh, there are numerous ones. That's right. And it protects against long-range attacks, which we're not prepared for sometimes. So if you have that shield and an arrow comes from far away, you boom, it's you got you can defend against it. Mm-hmm. So it it's not, yourself. Yeah. So I love the shield, uh, and I learned this because on Facebook when you post stuff, you might say something like, you know, God calls us to do this or follow Jesus. And people will attack you, you know. They'll say it's wrong or well, all this stuff. And I used to feel like, you know, you get, you get like nerve, you feel that stress, you know, like people are attacking me. And then I think when reading God's word and this verse got to me, he said, uh, you know, take up that shield, let it take the darts, let it take those attacks, not you let that, let your faith take the attacks. So that really helped me not take it so personal, not let it come in and hit me in the body, but to hit it. Right. Otherwise it can drain you. Yeah. Um, So that's my, one of my favorite ones there is the, is the, uh, 
deal. So I got another question for you guys. Helmet of salvation, because it's an interesting concept. What are your guys' thoughts on what that means? Like, what does that what does that mean? You know, what do you think about that? And you can raise your hand if you want and, uh, and just take it. <clears throat> Justin, uh, go. Uh, <clears throat> you know, um, now that we're done with the Gospel of John, we've started reading John's epistle. And the theme of John's epistle, I think the first epistle is confidence in your salvation, knowing that you're saved. <clears throat> and to me, your mind is such an important thing um, to, 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 to have your mind under control, to have the assurance of your salvation. I think that's a big thing because a lot of times people will tell me, I'm not really sure if I'm going to go to heaven when I die today. Um, I'm not really sure if I'm saved. I'm not, I know that they don't want to be prideful, but at the same time, I think God wants us in our heart or in our mind to understand that we have salvation. We are set apart by God. We're washed by the blood of Jesus, 1 John 1. And so that, I think that salvation helps us to go into battle with our head protected. Um, uh, just understanding that, that's, that's my two cents on that. Right. So protecting that mind part of you, right? Because you had said the breastplate was like the heart. Actually, that would you say cardio something, which is heart? Cardio, cardio fluids, yeah, 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 and so the breastplate is kind of that righteousness of the heart, and the and the salvations of the mind. What do you guys got? Any other stuff about what that means? A helmet, because it says take the helmet of salvation, like take it, use it. What does that mean to you guys? Well, alongside that, just to reiterate, First Thessalonians five eight says, "But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation." So now, hey, wait, did you remember excited. that? Ben, did you remember that from your memory, or did you look that up, man? Because that's impressive. <laughs> hey, I looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> that's great, All right, that's good. So keep going. Keep it up. Keep it so up. I, hope, I thought right? that went alongside with that, and then we're supposed to hold fast to our confidence. So, you know, be confident in our faith, in our in our uh, salvation, like he was saying. So I think that really, really coincides because you're just falling right into that and going, I'm going to be – strong my mind strong my faith in the lord strong in you know in the word and be ready ready prepared you know the whole thing with armors you're putting on the armor you're being prepared to go out and face whatever satan has for us he's our adversaries he's out looking for us trying to attack us at every curve every angle i mean i think the believer you know he's he's kind of in a, in a sense he's got the atheist he's got the non-believer but those that believe in Christ, you know, and to believe in God in some measure, because I think the truest belief, obviously, is those that obey his commands and do what he said. But, you know, many in the world believe, but they've been deceived by Satan's, you know, attacks, by his, his um, wily, uh, you know, <laughs> ways that, he, you know, he comes at us and, and uh, deceives us. So, Well, you know, in a battle, I know the soldiers never attack the farmer who's like, in this, you know, with his hay over here. They usually go for the soldiers, right? Like they're not yeah. going to go attack. Like there's a guy working his field way over here. They're not going to go for that guy. They're going to go for the guys with the armor because those are the ones who they got to defeat. So if you're out in the field, right. you're sitting in your land taking a nap, probably not going to go fight you. <laughs> <laughs> what else, guys? What else? Anybody else have any more comments? Yes. <clears throat> Satan, um, which is kind of the uh, theme of this section here, is battling Satan hand-to-hand -hand combat. And uh, you need that helmet of salvation. If you remember in the garden when he uh, made Eve doubt, 
he messed with her head. He messed with her yeah. head in order to get her to fall. And he can do the same with us. Um, luckily, though, there's there now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So we have that hope of salvation to clear our doubts and to help us with uh, guilt, the guilt that he brings upon us and tries to bring upon us. Uh, we have Christ to help us uh, be free and protected from that um, that that harm to our mind. Isn't that deep? Isn't that deep? So good stuff. I mean, we're supposed to love God with our heart, our mind, our body, our soul. You know, like all of it. It's covered in this armor. <clears throat> <You know? laughs> could I could I maybe add to what Matt said? Uh, I think that's a great point, Matt. I was thinking when you were talking about Eve. She had her salvation guaranteed to her. Um, mm. She was in an innocent Amen. state. And so she was, she had everything she could possibly want or need. And she, Satan attacked that. And I just, just, I keep coming back to that idea of salvation, not the whole once saved, always saved thing, but just the confidence of our salvation that God says we can have uh, because we walk in the light, First John chapter one, because we ask God for for the forgiveness of our sins because we keep his commandments chapter two, verse one and two. And, you know, I think about Eve and what you said, what a great illustration you made there. She was, she was an innocent state and she, she basically could look at the tree and say, I've got it. All I've got mm. to do is what God said. My salvation is guaranteed, but, but Satan uh, deceived her. He threw a dart, took it away. And so, man, yeah, absolutely. Great illustration there, Matt. Yeah, and, you. and you go to the top. It says the wiles of the devil, which is the schemes, the seats. The same thing that Eve got uh, attacked with, right? Put the armor uh, on. Mm -hmm. So that's the a good point. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I, I was just going to say the New Living says strategies. And yeah. that really made me think about the armor. You know, this is <clears> a <throat> maneuver we're doing in putting this armor on. Yeah. That's it. Now, can you fight? Reading this, guys, do you think you can fight against the devil without this armor? I don't think if you nail enough Bibles up around your house, it's going to protect you. I think you're going to have to put it on and fit it to your body. I think you're going to yeah. have to take possession of these things and wear them to battle. That's right. I, a whole stack of Bibles isn't going to save us, is it? <laughs> it's not going to protect us. Although these, they have stopped a bullet before. They have stopped a bullet. Have <laughs> but you're right, man. You're right, Matt. It's not the it's not the actual physical item. It's getting all the items that we need there. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And the thing about it is we are no match for Satan. And I think that's something we don't want to admit <clears throat> to sometimes. Um, the world, the word wiles there, I looked it up because I thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, it's got the word method in it in the Greek language. And it, it comes from the idea of like a commander having force of an army. That's how that word is used in Greek. And so I think about Satan and he's got command of this army. And and do we really think we can take him on by ourselves? Um, we And I love what somebody said earlier. We've got to first realize that who are we strong in? We're strong in God's might. We're strong in the power of God, not ourselves. And so, I mean, we just have to realize he is a very, very um, dangerous opponent. And he's going to get us if we do it by ourselves. Yeah. I, I, when you said that, I thought uh, if you think about scary movies, people watch, you know, these the, all these scary movies. What's the thing that's always scary about them? There's this power. There's this evil darkness that's trying to attack people. And that's what's scary is because they go, wow, I can't get away from this thing. It's so powerful. It's not a scare to me. 
It can't hurt, you know, I can't hurt it that easy. They always add the good human part to defeat the evil. But really the fear comes from that evil that is this dark power. And you think, you know, you can't just make that story up. Like who once in their life just came up and said, you know what, magically from my head, I'm just going to come up with this crazy being or this thing that just attacks. And it, it doesn't come that easy. You know, it takes a, quite an imagination to try and think of that. So that's funny. That's good. And we have a couple people, by the way, who, who joined us. If they have questions, just feel to, to chat, uh, type in the chat. Yeah. But Send them in. Let's hear them. Yeah. We also have, um, uh, we're talking about the armor of God now. And the next part we're going to talk about, and if you have a question, just, just shoot it out there. Uh, we're, we've talked a little bit about the armor. Now we're going to talk about a question that we have, which is how can <clears throat> I put on the armor of God, right? We talked about what it is and how do I know if, if I have the armor of God on, like, how do I even, like, do I have it on? How do I know? And how do I put it on? So let's talk about that. Uh, just raise your hand if you guys, somebody wants to, to jump in and uh, we'll, we'll do that. Who wants to go for, oh, Matt, go for it. <clears throat> okay, so there's two questions and I appreciate these questions. They kind of get to the heart of the armor. Uh, a practical application, as Titus was saying at the beginning, how can I put on the armor of God? Well, you're going to have to study. You're going to have to study. You're going to have to know what God's word says because in this section of scripture, it's not a physical battle. It's a battle of ideas. It's a spiritual battle. It's a battle of, of ideas, and ideas are very powerful. Um, you, you have more uh, influence on people with their ideas than you do physically forcing them. Uh, the devil doesn't go around grabbing a hold of people and making them do evil. He convinces them to take it upon themselves and do it. So how can you put on the armor of God? You need to study. You need to study your word and know the will of God. Because when you know the will of God, you're going to be armed in his might. And you're going to walk with him. Uh, Matthew 28, verse 20. Um, and how do you know you have the armor of God on? Well, are you able to free the captives? The devil has so went about this earth and taken people um, to be a part of his army. Are you prepared to free them? Um, from his captivity. He's got a hold of them. He's wrapped them up in sin and false ideas. Are you prepared to, um, not by the tip of a sword, maybe like some world religions we know, uh, Islam or whatnot, not to free them by violence, but with the love of Jesus, free them from the captivity of the devil. If you know that you can do that, then you have the armor on. <laughs> That's good, man. That's good. Good thoughts. Um, I guess I'll jump in next. Um, yeah, <clears throat> so I think this is a really important question because we don't, we don't want to teach people just theoretically. This is what it is, and you've learned this, and now let us stand and sing. You know, we we need to make this practical. Yeah, um, like he, like he was saying. So, you know, I think the first step is um, how can we put on the armor? I think it's three three really quick things. I think it's number one, we have to realize the importance of the armor. Um, that we need it. So I think about David and King Saul. So King Saul had this great kingly armor and he gave it to David and David didn't think it was important. Why? Because God was his armor. God was his protection. God mm -hmm. fought for him. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, once we understand the importance of the armor, I think we have to understand what it is. <clears throat> and so thinking about each of the pieces of armor uh, this is something that's going to be going on for the rest of our life. We're, we're going to be learning about righteousness. 
We're going to be learning about faith. We're going to be learning about truth. Um, but that doesn't mean we can't put it on when we become a Christian. We can. The more we learn, the better the armor gets. And so, you know, for example, Amen. so for example, I thought about um, when I began teaching, uh, you know, the first day I got in the classroom, I was not a great teacher. But the more you try, the more you work, the more you study, the more you prepare, the better you get. And I think that's what God wants us to understand. <clears throat> and then the third part would just be put it to work, um, which to me answers the second part of the question. How do I know if I have the armor of God on? So how do I know if I have the belt of truth on? Well, you're able to, to be confident based upon the truth and speaking it in love. You can stand your ground and give a defense to those who ask, 1 Peter 3.15. Um, the shoes of peace. You have a, a you maintain a peaceful spirit that allows us to go to those who are captured and as he said, uh, speak what God's peace brings and do so in a peaceable spirit, like like Second Peter says. Um, shield of faith. We increase our faith. We meditate on God's word. Uh, so when the attacks are happening, they're the first attacks are thwarted. And so I think we can know. Um, I just think we have to think about it as you, as he said, meditate on God's word. Uh, realize how important it is and then put it into practice. Right Amen. on. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Ben, what about you? Well, I think it's the same thing. It's like you're you're taking application. You're taking application of the word that you're planning in your heart and all these different things. Like you said, putting God when you're when you're when David had faith in God, you know, he was able to overcome without the armor. He didn't need that. He had God. He had strong faith. But we have truth, you know, we have to uphold the truth. And for that, we have to know the truth. So it does take study. Study shows itself approved in the God. Second Timothy two fifteen. You know, uh, we have to have righteousness. We have to be living righteous. Um, we have to carry the gospel out to the lost. You know, have strong faith. It's developed through the Word, matured through the Word. You know, um, we have to have salvation um, and you know protection. Have hope, endurance. You know, in the Lord. And you have to have the sword, which, you know, is God's word. So <laughs> it's further. We're able to not only plant it in our own hearts, but also, you know, sow the seed and be planting in others. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully having some that are fruitful and some that, you know, will, will, you know, the, the parable of the, so the soils, you know, kind of gives, gives way to that. You've got different, different soils you're going to be reaching out. Sometimes you have to do more work for the different soils, you know, maybe till the, you know, till the ground, you know, yeah. get it prepared. So. We have to be diligent, and and we can't just be, oh, I threw the seed out, I'm good, you know. Then we have to sometimes you have to go out and do some work, and um, really work it, take the time, invest in them, invest in their souls, invest, you know, show them you love them, um, that you love their souls, that you want them to be in heaven for eternity, uh, with you, with God. So it's very important. We have to understand our work, understand what we're committing to when we first become a Christian. Then obviously you're a baby in Christ, and you got to mature, and you got to be prepared because when you become a Christian, you know, it's um, Satan comes at you that much harder. So it's it's vital that we get that armor on and, and start doing the work and being prepared. Well, well you're, you're probably not going to wear armor if you don't think it's going to be a fight, <laughs> right? That's right. So, That's right. Yeah. No one puts armor on if they think it's not going to be a big deal, you know. <clears throat> and, and I look, something just dawned on me when we were thinking here. Every piece of armor is Jesus. Okay, it says mm -hmm. the truth, right? Which is Jesus. 
It says righteousness Absolutely. is Jesus. P, the gospel is Jesus. Uh, the shield of faith, faith is Jesus. Helmet, salvation is Jesus. The word of God is Jesus. Jesus is, when he says, I am the way, the truth, the life, he is giving you the armor you need, right? And all of these are about Jesus. He's our example. He's the leader in this battle. So you know what I right. think cool here is we've already won this battle. Uh, and like you guys were saying, Matt, whatever, you know, our minds are messed with to think we could lose it. But Jesus said, we've already won. You just have Victory. to here. You just have to persevere. You have to put this armor on. You know, when I, in history, there's these famous battles. And I think they think it's going to be lost, right? Uh, back in the Greek days, in the Roman days. And everybody thought it was going to be lost. And then the leader stood up and with confidence charged forward. And even in the in insurmountable odds. And all of a sudden, it rallied the troops. They said, wow, the leader believes we can win. I think we can win. And sometimes the, the other people will draw back and fall back at that confidence mm. in one person. So if we unite behind Jesus and say, Satan stands no power. So if we don't, mm -hmm. if we remember that, that we fight a battle and that, that it's already won and we have the faith to do it, you know, because Jesus said to Peter, why did you doubt? You're walking on the water. You're already going to come to me. You're already on your way. But he looked around and he saw the the, the, the the storms and all that stuff, just like us. If we're in the battle and we don't look to Jesus who's winning and we look around and we go, uh oh, uh, the, oh this, looks, this looks hard. That guy looks scary. That guy's big. And we take our eyes off Jesus. We forget that we've won the battle already. So I don't know that that's just came on me all of a sudden. It's like G Jesus is all of these things. And so, mm, amen. Yeah. Well, what would we know about any of this without the word, without Jesus? So, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful connection there. You know, it all comes together, you know, and at the end of that, in, at the end of the text, you know, it says, it talks about prayer, which is another vital aspect, you know, even before putting on the armor, you know, as we're, as we're in battle, you know, praying putting our faith and putting our confidence in the lord and in our savior so. I, I think people probably do pray in battle for real yeah <laughs> when the bombs <laughs> are going so. the are coming, you know i mean even if they're not religious they might be praying you know i got to get through this so and so speaking of this let's go back to why we get in battle like why is this such a big deal why do we need armor right there's no big deal if there's no evil and no bad in the world and there's no enemy why would you have armor? Like, well, who are we really fighting against? It's not against people. It doesn't say we're fighting against people. So if we have to wear this armor, which armor is strong, protects us, why are we wearing armor? Well, it says that there's something, someone called the devil or Satan or evil, while this darkness, the rulers of darkness. Okay, so what is that? What is it? Here's the next question we have. What does it mean when it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood and rulers of darkness? Is there really... <laughs> devil or satan in this world isn't he some red guy with the pitchfork i mean come on is that real this is what the question is right so what do you guys what do you guys have to say about that let's talk about it <clears throat> there are some in the world that claim that the devil doesn't still uh work today maybe he quit somehow or stopped working I, I don't get that sense I, yeah um or like you said, the victory's won, so maybe maybe he's done so far. But I don't get that sense when I read through Ephesians 6. It seems that the battle's ongoing, and those wiles are continuing. Uh, Peter makes mention of um, uh, be sober. Uh, your adversary, the devil, walks about. He's he's transversing the earth. He, he still is in uh, control. He, uh, I think Luke 4 says God gave into his hand the kingdoms of the world. 
Uh, he, he's the God of this world. He is still in, he has some sort of power. Now, what that is exactly, I don't know, but I know it involves um, ideas. It involves schemes. It involves trying to take over the church. And um, so what does it mean to battle against spiritual forces in dark places? Uh, we might do ourselves a disservice to um, try to parse every part of that out. But we need to definitely know that it's a real danger and we can prepare ourselves for it. We have the ability, the ability to uh, to arm ourselves for the battles, uh, these ideas. It's a it's a spiritual battle. It's not a physical battle. It's a battle of, of ideas. So knowing the truth, therefore, we can know error. Hope that makes sense. But I think the devil still lurks. I think he still does work in this earth. And, and I would say that, you know, he has messengers of some sort, angels, the devil and his angels, Matthew 25. So he has some sort of message to deliver. What that entails, I don't know, and I can't really parse it out. But I do know that we can be prepared for that. If we study the word and we, we pray to God, like Ben was saying, rely on his might, his strength. We, we need his help and his armor for that battle. Well, right. I mean, why would Paul have written something? You know, one thing about Jesus and the and people who wrote in the in the New Testament is it didn't waste space. You know, paper was expensive, right? I mean, it wasn't cheap. Yeah. It wasn't like today, like you know, cents. It was. It took time, money, effort, ink, all those things, and get it delivered. Why would you write something about something that wasn't important? <clears throat> and then why would you write it in an active sense, not a passive? Like, oh, you know, isn't it great that Satan has been defeated? Let's just re let's be happy about that. It's not that. It's like, look, even Paul said, I have fought the fight and I have run the race. What is he doing? He, why, what fight is he fighting? Who's he fighting against? Mm. And so um, you're right. So he's fighting against error. He's fighting against the lies of the devil, which teach us what, that we are God. Isn't that, the, isn't that what the, the devil teaches? That's it. In one sentence. When he came to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, why don't you just worship me? And then you can have this whole world. He's like, don't forget about God. Forget about God. Worship me. Mm. And you take the power. You take it. So think of how many movies have that, by the way. Just take the power. And you will be you will rule the whole world. You know, Lord of the Rings, a perfect example. Yeah. <laughs> you put the ring on. It's like the power is too great to handle, right? So, yeah, good points. What about you, Justin and uh, Ben? What do you got? Anything on this one? Well, <clears throat> I guess I'll jump in. Um, so, obviously – as Matt said very well, we're talking about spiritual forces, not physical forces. Um, there's, a, there's a scripture in the Old Testament that just blows my mind every time I read it. Um, it's 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 15 through 17. So Elisha was completely surrounded by the enemy, right? <clears throat> uh, verse 15, I'm just going to read it and just make a quick comment. Um when the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? He said, Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O oh Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. We can see the spiritual forces if God wants us to, but God doesn't. God wants us to live by faith. Faith is not what we see. It's what we don't see. It's our trust in God. And so 
I think it's important to think about what spiritual forces are. Um, so that leads to the second part. Um, John 8, 44, Satan was a murderer from the beginning. And every scripture I read about with Satan, he's active. Um, whether it's Revelation 12, 12, where he's continuing to walk to and fro, or the book of Job, where it says that he is basically doing that walking to and fro, or Ephesians 2, 2, where he's the prince of the power of the air. By the way, where can you go on earth where there's no air? Nowhere. So he's here. Um, he's not gone. Um, and I, I think the the whole point behind it is, and I said this to Titus before it started, if you don't see him in the Bible, maybe you're not a believer. Look at the world around you. Why do we have funeral homes? Why do we have cemeteries? Why do we have tragedy? Why do we have death? And, and the answer to that question is because of Satan and the temptation that he has done that caused us to sin. And so I think it's something we really should be thinking about and telling our neighbors and our friends about that there's a way to to be freed from that. Right. That's awesome. And by the way, wherever man goes, he can go because we have to take oxygen with us. So whether we go to Mars, doesn't matter. <laughs> wherever the air <laughs> is, it goes with us. Wow. Yeah. Hey, Ben, what do you think, man? Thanks, Justin. Well, you know, I was thinking about what you were saying with, you know, all the, all the temptations we have around us. We each have our own personal battles of temptations that may, you know, Father, us, I think there's big things, obviously, within like, you know, when we look at things that are tempting to bring into worship, that's not what God authorized or tempting to bring in, you know, as a, a means of salvation. When we go, oh, well, I can be saved this way, you know, not not the way God's authorized and given us authority for in his word. You know, so there's those kind of things. But then there's the big things that are in our own personal lives where it's like, you know, hey, I'm I'm tempted by this or alcohol or drugs or whatever the case is, you know, for each individual that we all face day in, day out. We go through some hardships and then we're, you know, tempted to go try this or do this. Or we, or we have this world or friends that are like, you know, trying to pull us over here into this or that. And Satan, you know, I'm sure works through them in the same you know, way that God works through us, you know. Um, so, you know, Satan doesn't fight fair. He doesn't wait for a convenient time to attack us. So we have to be prepared all the time. And, you know, I think it's interesting uh, here in Second Corinthians uh, 2.11 says less Satan should get an advantage of us for we are all uh, for we are not ignorant of his devices so we can know his ways and his tactics and, and we can be prepared by knowing the word by knowing the truth like Matt was saying and you know um, I think it's interesting as well that you know that when Paul wrote this he was in prison you know and um, he become well acquainted with uh, the Romans and their armor and he and, you know, he makes that, these equa these um, comparisons, you know, between those things and these spiritual things. So it makes these comparisons that we can kind of understand on a, on a, in a worldly way to make application spiritually. Like, okay, we need to put this on. We need to do this to, to help with this and this to help with that. And we do all of this. We're, we're prepared. We can, we can do this, you know. And, um, you know, verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Yeah. So we have to be strong in the Lord and keep that focus. And you know, on the number one, our, our you know Jesus, our leader, and uh, you know, and be prepared to face whatever Satan throws at us, without fear, without you know, without anything, because we need to be ready to face it, just head on. You know, I think a lot of the soldiers, you see them, the, the most bold ones are just looking at all straight in the eyes, no, 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 like quenching or turning their heads. Yeah. You know, 
I was talking about jousting, you know, when they're jousting, they, they have to, the one, the best ones are the ones that just look straight ahead. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'm going to say something here with authority. Yes, Satan is real. He's alive today. He wants you dead. He wants you dead, suffering for oh. Yeah, I know. So this is the guy we have. This is the person we deal with. And you might say, Titus, mm-hmm. no, there's no such thing. That's, that's a fairy tale. And I would say to you, have you ever been uncomfortable? Have you ever been in pain? Have you ever had loss or things taken away from you that robbed you of your happiness? That uh, Have you ever been hopeless? Have you ever pursued something with your whole heart and lost it? Or have you ever done anything in your life that you thought was going to give you all you needed and it didn't give you enough? You see, that's what the Satan does. He gives us this thing, this, this, this cup or whatever that we drink that we think it's going to fill us up and it never fills us up. So whether you believe in Satan or not, I bet you have, and I have before in my past, tried to get something that I thought would fill me up and make me full, and it never did. And there's some Roman stories, Greek stories about a guy who always was so close to eating and couldn't reach and couldn't get the water. Satan puts it within our grasp and says, see, this is happiness. You're going to get happiness from this, but you never have happiness. If any of you watch this and tell me you've had permanent happiness, I would love for you to talk to me about it. Because I know that I have never had permanent, per, permanent happiness in this life, in this earth. But when I found Jesus Christ and I learned about him and the way, the truth, and the life, he gave me something that overcame death. Because no matter how what you look at, death is still going to make you unhappy. And it says that Satan is about death. Like he wants you to die. And Jesus wants us to live. So with authority from the Bible, word of God, Satan is real. And he's trying to attack you today. So. That's what I'm going to say right there, and then I'm, we're going to go to the next topic, you know, on that on that note. Uh, but we have armor, don't we? So yeah. we have armor. We have armor. Uh, you, you, look, Satan's real. You're not going to win against him. Arm wrestling, mind, whatever, doesn't matter. You're not going to win. So, But if you have the, the, the Jesus and you have the armor of God, you will win. So we know this. Next question, and this is good. This is how I would answer someone who says, how do I know if I have the armor of God? Well, you easily know. Are you feeling the battle? If you're not feeling the arm, if you're not feeling the darts hit you, you know, the, the shield, and you're not here feeling that sword hit that armor, and you're not feeling the clash of the battle and the heat of the battle, maybe you're not in the battle. So how do you get in the battle? Well, this is where this question comes. Well, I want to spread the good news. Guess what? When you start <clears> spreading <throat> the good news, you're going to be in the battle, and you're going to feel Satan. If you don't believe he exists, start telling people about Jesus and see what happens. Uh, okay. I want to spread the good news. I just don't know. What I should do, and I'm afraid. I mean, this is me too. Right? This could be any of us. And we're talking about actively, you know, doing. What have you found to be effective in teaching your neighbors? And this is about each one of you guys, um, your neighbors about Jesus. So, who wants to take this one first? We want practical stuff, okay? Someone who watches this, I want them to be able to watch it. And you say, you know what? Try this, and they can actually go do it. You know, they don't have. It's not a very complicated thing. It should be something that's practical, applicable. So what do you think? What what do you guys want to do? Who wants to go first? I, I guess I will. Okay. Um, I, you know, uh, I have a lot of stuff here, but uh, I'm just, uh, first of all, I think everybody needs to have an evangelism toolbox. And what that means is you need to have three or four or five go-to Bible studies to pull out um, that you know by heart that you um have a connection to emotionally. This needs to be something that you really take seriously. And it's like when somebody goes to fix a house, 
you're not going to do anything well if you don't bring a toolbox. And so anyway, um, we have one study that we go through called the commission and the conversions. So basically we just go through the, the great commission and we go through all the accounts, Matthew 28, Mark, Mark 16, Luke 24, John 21. And then we trans, we use Luke's account to transition over to the conversion accounts in the gospels. Okay. Hold and, on. Hold on one sec, Justin. So get, to us, get us to that point. So you got that, that toolbox, but real quick, just tell me, because I want to know that part where you say, oh, you know, you're in that study now. How did you get them to that study? Can you tell us a little bit about like, you know, that's awesome. The toolbox and you should leave us some info about that. But like okay. that, that first part. Yeah. Let me know. Well, let me just tell you the most success we've had now. North Alabama is different than where you guys are. I understand that. But first of all, if there's ever a person at your church that's there visiting, you've got to take advantage of that. Right. You cannot let them get out the door without asking for a Bible study or asking for a contact. And I know that that sounds a little fast, but 90% of the people I've studied with that I've asked here at the building have responded and we've converted people that way. Um, Don't be selfish and talk to the same people at every service. Don't be scared to talk to new people. Most people at my congregation are afraid to talk to new people and they'll admit it, but we've got to get past that fear. Um, Think about the mates of your members. I know I'm not talking about everybody in the world, but think about that husband or wife that's not a Christian. Don't be afraid to go after that person. Think about <clears throat> any new convert you have, any prospect they can give you is more likely to obey the gospel. I'll give you an example. We have a young man here named Jeremy who became a Christian a few years ago. His brother was baptized. His mom was baptized. Using the same study, the Great Commission and the conversions that we use with Jeremy. Um, so I think those are those are great leads. Honestly, cold calling isn't something I've had to do much here because there are so many people from the church that are giving me people's names and that are trusting me with their precious contacts. And so that that's just something you have to build over time, a repertoire with your congregation. And of course, I mean, I, I could talk about cold calling, but I think most of your really good contacts and most of your conversions first are going to come from people you're in contact with or that there is a lead to. Right. So that's where I'll jump off. No, that's good. So the practical application is if you go to church and you're in church, be aware of, and hopefully you're going to church and meeting with the body of believers, right? So that's a, that's key. But but you be, you pay attention to the congregation. You know the people who are there and the people who are new, and then make sure you connect with them. Secondly, it's about the people around you, right? Your neighbors, the people that you have a connection with. Awesome. That's good advice. So that's where you're looking. You're looking to do it. And if, who's next? Thanks, Justin. And have a toolbox at all yeah, times. You should give me that link, uh, something that you have, so I can put it on the page. You know, if you I'll, I'll just say, I'll say really quickly: the commission and the conversions is one I use. Okay. Something a modified form of the big picture of the Bible is something I use. Are you ready? Is something I use. It's a study from the Sermon on the Mount. But yeah, I'll give you the links to that stuff, and you're welcome to use it. Awesome, cool. Matt, how about you go? You all right? You ready? <clears throat> yeah, I'm ready. I- I'll tell you what what affected me and what um, charged me to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I was probably 25 converted, 25, 26, and I was a converted believer. And um, a 16-year-old girl took me door knocking. She had done it before. She mentored me. She taught me 
And because she taught me, I now have developed skills to do it myself. And so I would say if you yourself want to be a, a gospel spreader and talk to people, you need to get a mentor. Get with somebody that's done it before because they know tricks, they know tips, they can help you to succeed and perfect your skill and your art. Not everybody is gifted with the same talents. You might be, um, you might be a good giver or a good speaker, a good conversationalist. Um, you need to develop your talents. You need to go with somebody and let them help you to uh, to build you up and become a spreader of good news. And uh, if I can do that, I'm I'm on Facebook. You can find me, Matt McDougal. I'll help you do that. Um, another thing, uh, we have a a broad spectrum <clears throat> of people we can reach online on Facebook. So if you catch a, an honest heart, maybe somebody asking and they're not real hateful and they're just kind of wanting to know about the gospel or, or certain questions, don't go publicly, go to their inbox, go to their inbox, reach out to them personally. Hey, what's your number? Can we talk about this or what do you think about that? What do you think about Jesus? Do you believe in God? You know, ask them, get them started spiritually, spoke, you know, spark that spiritual fire up. I um, mean, you can find that online. You can find people that are are generally looking for the gospel. I believe that's true. Awesome. So like to recap, get with somebody who's already fought the, some battles with, you know, if you're new in the battle with your armor, go with a soldier or a knight who's who's been out there fighting and can be like, watch out for that over there. Watch this guy. Here's how you attack this thing. And here's how you do this, right? That's what you did. And you felt bold and empowered because that person's, you could ride on that person's confidence. You could ride with them in, in their experience. So that's good. Yeah, you were saying lead somebody to battle. You were talking about the uh, the generals would lead them into battle. Yeah. That 16-year-old girl, she led me to into battle. She led me, and she sparked my desire, my inspiration. Yeah. And awesome. people can do that for you, and you can do that for others as well. That's it. That There's two parts. If you don't feel like you, you're doing it, find somebody who is. If you feel like you're that person, then help somebody who isn't. Right? Those are the two things. Amen. Yeah. Ben, thanks, Matt. What do you got, Ben? That's some great points, Matt. Um, so for me, yeah, I use Facebook. Obviously, I got my Warriors group. I do a lot of um, sharing information there, and you know, I, I even join other groups and plant the seeds, you know, within these groups that are, you know, religious. And you 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 look for those people that do have sincere interest, and you just you know pull them out, try to get them separated from the group, and discuss things with them. You know, <clears throat> I've got a lot of um, people with health stuff. I'm um. My personal backgrounds with natural health and things like that. So, you know, I post a lot of health things and, and I made a lot of friends in that realm. And that's opened a lot of doors because a lot of them are very open minded to God or already believe in some measure. So, you know, and, and a lot of them are truth seeking, you know, and, and that measure and, and other aspects of life. So, and they know you are. And so they go, oh, that, that just opens that door for you to be able to walk in with the truth and go, hey, you know, I know you're, you're looking for the truth over here, but what about this, you know, and, and, be able to teach them and show them, um, you know, and the other thing I think that's important, I will, uh, we also last week, we brought up writing letters and going out to the community. Uh, we can all do something like that and not, you know, necessarily if we, if we have the fears, maybe speaking one-on-one -on -one in a person, um, you know, maybe, maybe we could write a letter, you know, and, and deliver it to all the neighbors or all of our community. But uh, the other aspect of it is like, if we have that individual, that is interested or wants to study, or maybe we see potential in that we invest in them. So maybe whether it be getting them a Bible or bring them out to dinner or invite them over for dinner, making, you know, dinner and having some time to invest time, 
getting to know them, um, getting uh, comfortable with them, um, creating trust and uh, building a friendship bond that you can build on and open those doors to sharing the gospel with them. Um, because I think that once you show them you care, that opens that door to be like, oh, I, I want to hear what this person has to say, as opposed to being like, oh, who is he? You know, like they don't respect you. They're not going to listen to you. Right. That's good, Ben. Yeah, pretty much. I think fear comes from uh, two things, a lack of confidence or a lack of experience. You know, you've never done it before. I mean, who would be afraid of there's lots of things in life we've done, right, that we are not afraid of anymore. But we were really Absolutely. afraid to do them before we did. I was talking to my wife. And I said, you know, it's like stepping over a, a, a step. You know, you look on this side, you go, man, I'm never going to make it over that step. It's too hard. You step over the step, you look back, you're like, man, that was easy. I, I don't know. It's so hard. In my mind, it was so hard. But in reality, it wasn't. So Satan is convincing us because that helmet of salvation, right? If, if we don't have that focus in our mind of saying, if with that, okay, guys, there is Satan. And everyone who is not in Jesus Christ will be joining Satan. This is the this is the real truth. This is what the Bible says. If you are not with Jesus, you are against him. And if you're against him, you're on the, the losing team. So if we believe this as Christians, like if right now all of us are probably in a house or somewhere, can we think of anyone around us who is not a Christian? Probably. And that person is going to hell. If their house burned down today, they're dead. So I don't want to be the guy who never talked to him that said, hey, you know what? There is something. There's hope for you. And by the way, they're already in hell. We are already in hell. When you don't have Jesus, you're pursuing things with your whole heart, and they always let you down. You you love your wife, and she dies. You have kids, and they leave, and they go away. You have money, and you lose it. You're always losing. When you follow Satan in this life, you're always losing. With Jesus, you win. So we have people around us who are depressed, sad, looking for hope, looking to win. And we don't go and tell them. So we have, first of all, got to have that love, right? Love for me, I pray for the love of Jesus, that I can love people enough to tell them about him. Because I don't love them enough if I'm not telling them that they're lost and that there's a way and that there's a hope and that they can join me. We work together. So I would say anybody who's watching this, look, you know that they're lost. If you're, if you're a Christian and you, you believe what Jesus said, there are people who are lost. You have skills. It could be anything from drawing pictures to writing letters to whatever. You have skills that God's given you, like Matt was saying, and Justin's talking about skills that his people in his church have and he has as a preacher. Use those skills for the kingdom. Talk to people about Jesus. And and, and I, if you can send a letter. I have a sign, guys, that I that I put in front of the house. It says, Christians live here. If you want to, if you want, if you need anything, if you need prayers, or you want to learn about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, call me. Stop by. You can do that. You can do something. Okay, so do something. This week, do something. No matter how scary it is, do something, uh, whether it's writing a letter. So, Matt, you got something, I think. You're rustling your Bible there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We, we've talked about this, and there's a um, – you mentioned praying for love. That's a good prayer. It's a Philippians 1, about verse 6, praying for love. Pray for your love for other people. But in this section here of Ephesians 6 – the verse after you have quoted there, Paul asked for prayers for his boldness. Yeah. You want to reach people, you want to reach people in their lost state, pray for your boldness. Pray, ask the God of mercy to reach out to you and help you with your needs to, to preach the gospel and to reach them. I doesn't believe that's say, doesn't it say he's faithful. Says, uh, ask, seek, and knock. Like ask God. You know, Colossians. It'll be given. Mm -hmm. 
Colossians chapter four and verse two, we need to be praying for open doors. But an older man told me one time, don't pray for open doors unless you're ready to deal with those who come through them. <laughs> hey, guess what? I don't think there's enough people praying for open doors, man. What a high class problem if Matt told us or I did or Ben or you. Hey, guys, I had 14 people want to know about the Bible. I just wasn't prepared this week. That would be a high class problem. In fact, I hope that people watch this and come to me and say, Titus, there's too many people that want a Bible study. What do I do? That would be a great problem, right? Wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hit us up. Let us know. We'll we'll yeah. help you. We'll help you. We'll mentor you in your your um, efforts to reach them for sure. I got a good idea. We'll get, Matt. We'll get you on Facetime, and they can take you to door to door. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> hey, this is Matt right here. If you do a door to door. That's what we need to do. You fly me in. Yeah. You fly me in. I'll take you door to door. I'll knock on every one of them with That's you. That's even better. That's even better, man. Awesome. Does anybody have more thoughts, uh, encouraging words? I don't want it to be discouraging for people. I want it to know that you have that armor of God. If you're if you're a believer, if you if you have become a disciple, a follower of Jesus, and you've been baptized for the remission of your sins and received the Holy Spirit, and you and you're listening to what God said, you're learning what Jesus said, you're obeying what He said, you are there. You're ready. So we don't want you to know that we want you to know you're ready. And if you step out, Satan's the one who's telling you you're not. He's the one saying, "Oh, it's too hard." People are going to be mean to you. He's lying to you. People need this. Have you ever had anybody in your life that needed something and you and you tried and you help them and they didn't know they needed it, even if you slid it in, you know, something secret. And then they got it and they said, oh, that was a perfect thing. That's what I needed. But they didn't know that they needed it. because. But you did. This is what we have. We know what they need. Ben, Justin, Matt, what do you got? Anything else, guys? Well, I was thinking back to Justin, uh, Justin's comment. You know, we have so many tools within the church. We have... Back to the Bible, you know, um, there's there's several um, Fishers of Men courses, all sorts of programs, little things that we can go through and that can guide us through having a study with someone or sitting down with someone. So the biggest thing is just getting out there and asking the question. There's so many of us that are out there to help. Um, so many so many tools we can use. Just ask ask the question. Go out and ask um, someone. You know. Um, be like Jesus. Need- ask for a drink of water, just a drink That's of right. water, and, and the woman at the well converted her whole town over over a drink of water. You know, just simple right. questions just spoke the the spiritual questions. It's uh, I believe there's people out there in in this land, in this world. There are people out there that are ready. They need help. They may have been praying. There's people out there waiting for one of us. One of you online watching to to reach out to them. They have been waiting for you to knock on their door or to engage them personally, like Ben was saying, and have a a personal discussion about things. They're waiting to be converted. They're waiting for you to just just say the name Jesus so they can talk about them. There are people in this world that desire that. That that is so true. If you don't believe Mm -hmm. that, people listening might say that sounds, you know, maybe that's too good to be true. It's not. I'm going to tell you a real story. So we went door to door knocking for my dad's church and uh, first time that they did it we were encouraged everybody was scared and nervous and so my mom and sister went to a door and they knocked on the door and the people opened and they said hey we just want to invite you to our church you know for to learn about god and the bible and they said you know what we have just been praying at this very minute that god would tell us we've been looking at all these different churches visiting all these different churches and we thought let's just sit down and pray about it and they prayed in that moment they knocked on the door and said you're invited you see, it says many are called, but few are chosen. It says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. It means the trees are full of fruit, 
and it says if you don't we we, we just got to go we just have to go so that's a cool story like matt said that is a true story that there are people waiting i'm sure some of you guys know maybe justin even someone that that you just were surprised sometimes ben maybe that they were interested in the bible i think ben we talked about somebody you talked to and they were like you're like oh wow they're interested in the bible you know right i think yeah i think god wants us to use those stories as our fuel you know i mean when you're when you need to be motivated i mean i, I think it's my dad who was an alcoholic for many many years and the day he obeyed the gospel it taught me that there's nothing that is beyond god's power wow so he, he is able to do abundantly beyond what we think or ask. So use those stories to fill you. And if you don't have a story like that, go make one. Yeah. Amen. That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so cool. Well, we should. Wait, no, yeah. great. Oh, go ahead, Ben. Go ahead. That's cool. I was just talking about Acts uh, chapter eight, you know, when, when Philip's just running down to teach the eunuch, you know, he's like running to him, like so excited, so ready. And he gets there and he just teaches him Jesus, right? He starts where he's at. And we have to start where they're at. We have to teach them Jesus, you know, and hopefully they'll come to the same response that the eunuch had in that, in that you know, in that um, discussion there. So he left. He, so he, he converted a whole town that converted their false teachers and then went after right. one man to convert one man. That's how important it was. And yeah, we absolutely. all know that one, we know somebody, one person. It needs to be converted. Then they're worth it. The unit proves that, Ben. You're, it's a good story, man. Right. It's a good historical narrative. I don't think we're supposed to say story. Yeah, anymore. story. Yeah, <laughs> it's a historical narrative. Yeah, that's funny. But that's a, we, we just we're just trying. All of us here believe that God is real and that He's powerful and He has overcome Satan. Satan is nothing, powerless, nothing. So He just convinces our minds that we're nothing. So let's not believe it. Hopefully your armor of God, you put that armor of God on and you have the power to overcome the devil. He can attack you, but you have the power through Jesus Christ. So let's not forget that. Um, this has been awesome, guys, to get together with you. And uh, let's let's talk about something this week. So what's something we can do, each of us, real quick, that we're going to try and do or, or commit to so that other people watching this can say, you know what, if Titus is going to do that this week, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this thing. You know. So I'll start. Okay, I'll start. Uh, our neighbors are not Christians. Um, we were in lockdown. I want to invite them to, this is a big deal because they know it's tough because you have neighbors and you know you, you, they're friendly and they like us, but they know I'm a Christian because I wear my Jesus shirt every day for 500 days. So I'm like, tell the world, man. So they know. And the kids always ask them, the, the, my kids, why does your dad wear that shirt all the time? So it's great. <laughs> so they, they know, um, but I know they're ready for me to ask them. So I'm going to approach them this week. Lord willing, pray for me. Uh, just to say, hey, I want to invite you to learn about Jesus, and I'd love to teach you if you're interested. Just that. That's it. That's it. Okay? That's what I'm going to do. I'm committing to doing that. Ben, you're up. All right. So, yeah, I've got several um, hot contacts, um, you know, contacts that I need to reach out to or reach, get back with, some of them that I've um, let kind of uh, soak a little while, you know. So I'm going to try to reach out to those those um, individuals this week and um, – and make that effort to see if they're ready to study, see if we can schedule something. Um, there's a few that I, that I intended to study with and they backed out or this, that, and the other, you know, so hopefully we can reschedule and hopefully we can make it happen. Awesome. Dustin. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to reach out to uh, a young man who's struggling with addictions right now. Um, 
he's been in and out of the church. He's been disciplined by the church and he's, he's struggling, man. Uh, and supposed to get with him, uh, Thursday. And, um, after hearing you talk about your neighbor, you got me motivated, man. I've got, there's a guy across the street from me, one of the best guys in the world. Uh, and it's crazy. I haven't talked to him about Jesus yet. That just, I can't believe I haven't done it. It's sad. Uh, I'm going to do that. So, uh, appreciate the motivation. I needed that. Thank you. Hey, I'm scared too, man. These people are very friendly. In fact, if there was not a heaven, they'd probably go. If they did, if there was no Jesus, they'd probably go to heaven because they're so friendly and nice. So, I'm with you. We're in the same boat, you know. So, I'm not. Listen, if you're watching this, I'm not brave. It's going to be just as scary for me as you feel if you were to do it. So, Matt, how about you? Have you ever seen that meme with the chicken? That's um. <laughs> It's got all his feathers tore out. It's kind of it's a rough looking chicken. <laughs> I I'm kind of like that right now. I'm in school. I've got I'm, this is finals week and I'm fixing to move out. So I'm gonna do my my best to keep as many feathers as I can before Friday. I, it'll be my last day of school Friday. So nice. I have finals and study. I'm gonna put forth the the effort to protect myself spiritually from the wiles of the devil. You can also like when you finish say praise God in front of everybody or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, finals week is tough. I remember I remember back in MSOP. I'm just like it's an it's a intense, stressful week. <laughs> Trying to get all that stuff just refreshed because there's so much material you go through. All right. Well we're praying for you, man. We'll pray for everybody. Um I think uh who's who's leading us into closing prayer? Is it Justin or Matt? I can't. Justin. Okay, cool. Justin, why don't you lead us in prayer? Hey, again, guys, thank you so much. God bless you for being here. Um, let's encourage each other. And anybody who watches this from this point forward into the future, you are encouraged to go to your neighbor this week. And I know it's scary, but why is it scary, right? That's why I ask myself, why is it scary? I mean, I have the good news. I have life. They're in death. So let's not forget that. Let's encourage each other. Uh, and if we mess up and we don't do it, just get back up and do it again. Don't give up. All right, Justin, thank you. Thank you all, guys. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another beautiful day you've given us. Thank you for Titus, for Ben, and for Matt, for the time you've given us to study your word together, for all those who listen and participated and who will do so in the future. May you open our hearts to your word, Heavenly Father, that we may grow thereby. Heavenly Father, help us to be strong in you, not in ourselves. Help us to realize the danger that is upon us, that we may put on the whole armor that you provide for us, Heavenly Father. May we have the love that you have for us living in us so we can share it with others the, this very day. God, please bless us and keep us safe as we leave this place, especially bless those who are hurting today that something might be said or done for them that may bring them to you. Forgive us of our sins and keep us always in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.